digging in the dirt. I'm digging in the dirt. This is Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher, where Kevin and his guests dig a little deeper into today's issues surrounding the environment, climate change, farming, gardening, and food. My guest today on Digging in the Dirt is Ellie Angram. She's executive director of the Green Village Initiative. Ellie is a Bridgeport native, avid farmer, baker, and loves to engage in Bridgeport community building. After learning her farming skills in Maine on a small organic vegetable farm, Ellie returned to Bridgeport in 2015. Ellie worked at Reservoir Community Farm, growing food for neighbors and teaching local youth farming as the farm manager at Green Village Initiative for six years and last summer became GVI's newest executive director. She is excited to knit together the incredible initiatives around the state to build a more just food system through urban gardening and farming and support the huge existing network of Bridgeport youth, gardeners, neighbors, consumers, and growers. Welcome back, Ellie, and congratulations on being named executive director of GVI. Thank you so much, Kevin. It is excellent to be here on this very sunny and brisk uh, March morning. (laughs) Yep. So with all your newfound uh, executive responsibilities, you're still getting your fingers dirty in the soil? Oh, thankfully I am. I was lucky enough this past weekend. We have a new incredible farm manager named Catherine, who is working alongside farmer Richard at Reservoir Community Farm. And they have a really close partnership with uh, Reggie of Bridgeport Mutual Aid and the entire Bridgeport DSA group. And so we actually had a collaborative first volunteer day of the year this past Saturday on Reservoir Community Farm, where we had folks socially distant, masked, lots of sanitizer, lots of hand washing stations, but we were all together splitting pallets, filling bags with soil, and just being in community together in the sun to help Bridgeport Mutual Aid do their raised bed building at neighbors in needs homes who may want to grow their own vegetables this season during uh, during our second COVID summer. Well, let's step back and, and have you tell us about GVI for those who are not familiar with the group. What what is GVI? What do you what's your your stated goals? Yeah, GVI's mission is to grow food, knowledge, leadership, and community through urban farming and gardening to build a more just food system in Bridgeport. And the way that we achieve this mission is through our four main programs that we've had um, since GVI was founded in 2011. So we have our 23 school gardens that are each located at public schools around Bridgeport. Uh, We have 12 community gardens, which actually were merged into GVI when GVI came to Bridgeport. And each of those community gardens has a really distinct personality based on the neighborhood that they're in and the amazing community gardeners within them. We have Reservoir Community Farm, which is really our our hub site. It's 1.7 acres located up on Reservoir Avenue. And there we grow thousands of pounds of food each summer. But just as importantly, we do that beside volunteers and neighbors, and we sell that food at our farmer's market. And during non-COVID times, <laughs> we host free workshops, free classes, free cookouts, free growing and learning experiences, and free field trips for Bridgeport school children. And our fourth program, uh, and the one that I 
I is just really near and dear to my heart is our youth leadership program, which is our summer employment program as a part of that. It's called our summer youth crew. And that is a cohort of 12 Bridgeport teens who go to Bridgeport public schools who come onto our farm and for eight weeks in the summer, learn everything about food justice from seed to plate while learning farming and growing skills, public speaking skills, leadership. Um, and it's a little bit of choose your own adventure for them as they, as they grow and learn together. And we also have a new program for our youth leadership program called our Youth Fellows. Um, and those are a couple of amazing youth who stay with us after the summer has ended and continue to work on food access and food justice projects that they've designed themselves. So we have Ajane, who has designed her own catering business, and Maya Angela, who is working on looking at food and food donation programs for unhoused populations. And they're actually partnering their work together. So we've got some amazing programs that are kind of touching Bridgeport community members from elementary school up until 92, which is the age of our eldest community gardener. And it's happening all over the city. Cool. I've been up to the reservoir farm and it's kind of cool up there. There's a lot of different plots. So it's not just GVI growing food and then selling it at a farmer's market. It's also a lot of different small people gardening in their own raised beds and growing what they want to grow, correct? Yeah. Yeah. Reservoir Community Farm is also home to our largest community garden in our community garden network. So there are 40 beds at that site, each um, that has a different family within it. And so I think of it as sort of, and I've been told by gardeners within that garden, it's really the backyard. The farm is really the backyard for these community gardeners who many of whom don't have yards um, who might live in apartment buildings. Mm -hmm. um, and so this space is kind of their, their therapeutic haven, but also the farm also hosts a growing space for other farms, including Park City Harvest which is another farm here in Bridgeport owned by farmer Richard and farmer Sean. Uh, definitely check them out. They sell at our farmer's markets on Saturdays uh, with Blissful Awakenings, which is another Black-owned farm owned by uh, Khadija and Mario. So it's a space that's really having home gardeners come together, gardeners for market that are coming, as well as farmers who are building their own businesses. So there's a lot happening there um, in one space on, on one piece of land. Yeah, I was very impressed with it. It's, it's really cool. And you have things like seedling sales so people can actually go up there and just and actually get them for free, right? If you, it, once you get started. Oh, gosh. Yeah, we, um, we it's going to get very busy very soon. And it's all going to begin next Saturday, this coming Saturday in April. We actually have Saturday volunteer days every single Saturday, weather permitting, <laughs> um, but every single Saturday from 9 to 2. April through the end of October, sometimes going into November, folks can come and volunteer beside us and get into the revolutionary act of putting your hands in the soil and doing it for community, that, that sweat work for community. But we also, yeah, have our, our seedling sales starting in May. Um, and we do have free seedling handouts that occur alongside our seedling sale. So even though 
we are promoting ourselves and Park City Harvest and Blissful Awakening, all selling our seedlings that we've grown with a lot of care and love. Frequently, we do get big donations from other gardening centers who want to give back to the community. And so alongside our seedlings, there might be some other varieties of veggies or flowers that will be free for the community to take. So it's kind of, it kind of depends on the weekend and, and what donations came in, but we are always really eager to get folks growing uh, no matter how much money you have in your wallet. And so that includes our free seed program. We donate seeds out to the community that are completely free. Some of them we've bought and a lot of them have actually been donated by Gilberties over in Fairfield. Ganem's Garden Center, who we're really grateful to uh, in Fairfield and Gilberties in Easton. Yeah, he's a good man. That's great. I'm glad to hear that. You're doing some good stuff with that. Hey, so you're, have you started your seedlings already for the, these giveaways and sales? Have we started? It's it's the end of March. We've, <laughs> this morning, <laughs> this morning I actually was um at our office um and we we have our seedlings getting started under our little fluorescent lights. I'll send you a picture maybe that you could post. But we have 33 trays in the basement of various like kale, collards, um, some tomatoes and pepper babies. And then our, our bigger ones that have been going a little bit longer are upstairs in our conference room. I think there were another 15 trays up there. So we've got a lot of seeding happening and we're really grateful to all of the volunteers who've used really, really safe COVID safety protocols to come into our basement and help us seed because we cannot do that alone. It's a lot, it's thousands of plants um, and it's a really fun time. A lot yeah, of care now. Yeah, spring is great, isn't it? So besides the reservoir farm up there, how many other, you say there's like 40 people that have small garden plots at the reservoir. How many do you have uh, citywide? Yeah, that's a great question. So we have nearly 200 families growing in really? our entire community garden network. Yeah, there's 12 community gardens. And if you go to our website, gogvi.org, that's G-O-G-V-I.org, you can um, actually see if there's one near you. But we have gardens all over. There's also many gardens that are not part of GVI's community garden network, but the 12 that are part of our network uh, are kind of made up of, of different families and community groups who have shown interest and usually live near the garden. Each garden is run by a community garden captain. We call them captains. They're volunteers from the community who just are amazing and help us with getting applications, communicating to us if they need more soil, um, helping us arrange to get volunteers there to help gardeners out. And so it's a really awesome, like community centered and very much place-based way of getting your hands in the dirt. Um, this past year during COVID, some gardeners uh, were definitely nervous to return to their gardens at first because there was so much you know, there's a lot of shared spaces. You've got the lock on the gate and the hose um, and various tools. So yeah, it seems though that being outdoors is a good thing and that it's not, you know, you're pretty safe out there. That's what I'm getting. And also it's not so much the touching of things. It's the sharing of the atmosphere around you. You know, when you, yeah. it seems to be uh, that you breathe it in more than you get it from touching, but you also can be very clean with your tools and, and clean your hands, but it's really good to be outdoors. That's, that's what I'm getting. I could not agree more. And as more research came out, we kept sharing that with our gardeners to let them know but we do have a, um, a masks on policy at all times in our garden sure. created these hands-free tippy tap stations they're called for for hand washing and we have free sanitizer at all of our awesome. garden, sanitizing tools and locks in case folks are nervous so we've kind of 
um, been staying in close communication with those captains to make sure that they feel really safe and yeah, I think that's great. It sounds like you're doing the right thing. So the captains are also probably, I would imagine, teachers, right? They're they're if you're somebody is not quite up to snuff like some other ones that are growing, they can be helped out with like, oh, I got I got aphids. What do I do? Or you know, how how do I do this? Or what should I do to do to prepare my soil? Right? They're, these people are are helpful in that regard. Yeah, I think that goes for a lot of things in Bridgeport that your neighbor can probably help you solve it. <laughs> like there's just so much, so much knowledge um, in our community. The community garden captains are almost with like without hesitation, I would name them as being incredible educators. So we've got some folks like Brian, who is over at the Denver Avenue Community Garden, who's been gardening there for over 16 years. And he can help you diagnose a plant issue, help you solve it. And so a lot of folks have said that he is the reason that they've been able to continue gardening because he helped them not lose hope. Right. And then we've got gardeners like uh, Maria Ramos over at the Ridge Avenue Garden, who is like a cat. She wants people to reach out to her who are within her garden network to ask questions and um, arrange to help them figure out a safer way to use a tool or the best way to get a resource into their garden. And so they really are like the that not only the educators, but truly the captains of that ship that is a community garden and keeping everybody like kind of on the same page, which has never been more important when we need to be feeling safe and connected in outdoor space, like you said, over the course of this pandemic. Sure. And, and eating good stuff too, and, and getting it, you know, I mean, gardening is not easy. It's a lot of work, has a lot of rewards, but it also throws you, mother nature can throw you a lot of curves. It could freeze out your stuff one night or in some areas locusts will come and eat it all i mean you can have a, a problem and you just got to be resilient and say well i'm donating this to the crows and i'm going to get some of this you know so i i, I always encourage people you know just you, know, you got to write it as best you can and and work on how you're going to be successful in the garden and that sounds like your captains are doing a good job in that regard we're talking to ellie Engram. She's the executive director of Green Village Initiative, and you can see that she's doing some really cool things locally. It's my goal here, Digging in the Dirt, to start spotlighting a lot of the people in the Bridgeport and in Fairfield County, and even far up as Mystic, where Craig Floyd works in, on the Giving Garden. The, these are all our neighbors, and they're doing great things, and I want to make sure they get noticed by everybody, and that maybe you who are listening can start participating. So, Ellie, what, what's on the agenda here shortly? What, what program are you, are you kicking off and, and um, what can people do? And, and maybe we can also talk about if somebody is now getting interested and wants a little raised bed in one of your farms, how they go about it. I understand you. I mean, they can apply in many languages even. Mm. How, how, how does somebody go about getting involved, get themselves a plot, start getting some education, start growing themselves some fresh food? Our community garden program is, as, as the sun gets warmer, folks are starting to kind of wake up and get excited to get outdoors. Um, and so it's we've tried to make it as easy as possible to apply for a community garden bed. So some folks uh, return year after year, but other folks move or they're able to secure land uh, or build a bed at their own home, um, or they've learned enough with their community at the community garden that they're ready to, to expand, you know, and, and build a bunch of beds at their home. 
But for those who haven't stayed and we have beds to turn over, aka beds to give to someone else, you can apply by going on our website. It's gogvi.org. Um, and when you're there, you can click the community gardens tab. And right on our community gardens page, we have an application there for folks to apply online. So you can read about our community gardens and see where they are on the map. And we can, we've made it available in uh, Spanish, Portuguese, English, French, and Swahili, uh, which were the major languages that our community garden network had asked us to translate the application and, and our handbook into. Um, you can see our COVID-19 safety rules there as well, if you're having any questions about how we handle that in garden spaces. Um, and it's, it's just a really exciting time of year for us because this is when we're hearing back from folks and there's a lot of excitement in the air. So sure. we really encourage people to apply online. But if you're not able to, um, if using the internet is difficult, then you can absolutely call us as well and we'll navigate that process for you. So it's 203 612-4107. That's our um, our office number. And give the uh, website one more time. Sure. It's www.gogvi.org. Yeah, get involved with your community, grow some fresh fruit. You'll be so happy you did. The Reservoir Farm has an issue. I mean, you got thrown a curve here becoming the executive director. And then there's a, an issue that popped up, which is that it appears that the city council is considering your, your current lease, not renewing it at the farm because they may want to build a, a library up there, which is all well and good. But you guys have been up there for quite a while, right? And it, that, this could be quite a, a, a different thing going on. So could you explain what, what's happening and, uh, and where we're going with this? Sure, sure. So that was definitely a surprise to us to find out in November from our, our city council representatives in the area that they would like to pursue building a public library on 1469 Reservoir, which is um, where we've had the farm site since 2011. So we're hoping to keep moving forward. The library board has been really responsive in letting us know that they just want to put a library in the neighborhood. And we want to have a library in the neighborhood too, frankly, because Reservoir, it would be such a such a great thing for our, our community to have that resource. But unfortunately, you know, it's somewhat difficult to do that without close communication and, and diplomatic communication. So we're hoping to move forward with our with not only the library board and talking about this. Um, but also the city council members from the neighborhood and the mayor's office and the office of planning and economic development. So I'm naming a lot of offices and a lot of folks who we want to get to the table to talk with us. Um, <laughs> and, and that is sometimes easier said than done. So we're, so I'm, I'm working on that end, but how community members can get involved is um, it's always good to sign up for our newsletter where we'll keep people updated there or um, following us on Instagram as well. We, we wanna post a few more updates as we get around the table so we can let folks know what's happening. Um, we've been going out and talking to our community and doing a community survey to see what folks would like in a library as well, because we really do wanna bring that resource. We just don't wanna lose the work that we've done for food justice in Bridgeport and for honestly our entire county and for our state <laughs> um, uh, at the expense of a library. So sure. folks, if um, while I want to really center that I think the voices that should be speaking the loudest and should be most present at this meeting should be reservoir neighbors, um, anyone is welcome to attend the next reservoir uh, neighborhood revitalization zone NRZ meeting 
which is going to be on uh, Thursday, April 8th at 6 p.m. on Zoom. If you sign up for our Facebook, Instagram, or our newsletter, um, our, our email newsletter, you'll get the link to that. Um, I do want to encourage, I'd really prefer that reservoir residents are the folks that are um, kind of taking up the airspace there, because I think it's important to center what they would like. But anyone, you know, who's interested in this issue should definitely attend and be part of that um, community gathering. And we're going to be having more GVI run, GVI based community forums to keep people updated on how we're moving because it's a really complicated issue and land is a complicated issue. It's a, it feels like a finite resource in, in Bridgeport, but frankly, it's a matter of just being really, really thoughtful about how we are best serving our community with our land use um, and how we're moving forward with integrity with our land use. And while I have my vision for that, it's really important to hear everyone's vision for that so we can move forward together because Bridgeport, you know, we're not going to be able to achieve our mission at GVI or really any mission that we set forward in order for a bright to have a brighter future in Bridgeport if we're not on the same page. Um, and that's really important to to me and uh, and honestly to everyone who's really concerned about this this development. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll keep an eye on it, WPKN, and, and digging in the dirt. You know, I hope the reservoir residents in the area and the library board of directors and the OPED and the mayor's office and GVI can come together and figure out a way to keep growing great food for everybody and get the community involved and then also have a library. So we'll yeah, keep an yeah, eye. We'll keep cool. an eye on it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kevin. And I do um, want to name because, you know, we are a food justice organization or connected to land. This is a conversation about land. Um, I think it's important to, to just really name that the history of whose land this is originally is the Pagasset tribe and recognizing that that's really been erased from all the discussions about land that are occurring. So we are inviting folks to when they think about this and, and think about how we use land and, and how we want to honor future uses of land in our city to maybe think about in investigating not only the Pagasset history of the land, but to reach out and learn from their tribe as well. They've got a really great and educational Facebook group and they're currently, uh, their reservation is located in Trumbull. Cool. Very cool. We'll have to check that out. So this is all about getting involved, folks. And uh, Ellie, who we're speaking to right now, Ellie Engram, Executive Director of the Green Village Initiative, which you can see is up to a whole bunch of stuff here in Bridgeport. There's a lot of projects you have. Last year, you uh, rebuilt three gardens. And I think even with COVID and everything, you're going to uh, start rebuilding two school gardens. Why don't you just tell us briefly about that before we wrap up? Yeah. Oh my gosh. I am so proud of our two food core members, Yadley and Vitavia, and our um, school garden program manager, Charlene, who have been working really tirelessly over the past year to make sure that even as our um, young people are learning from home and experiencing a lot of trauma, um, they are also incredibly resilient. And, and these young people want to get engaged with soil and they're excited to learn outside and so are Bridgeport educators. So last year they made it happen. Uh, Lewis Marin was rebuilt with beautiful hexagonal beds that make it easier for teachers to get more little hands and little bodies around each bed. 
And upcoming this month, we have um, on the docket on April 12th for Thomas Hooker to have their school garden rebuilt. So this on the docket, we have on April 12th, Thomas Hooker to be rebuilt and Multicultural Magnet will be uh, will be rebuilt on April 15th, which is unbelievable to me that they've been able to make all of this happen. But it's really because these school administrations are so eager to have these outdoor classroom spaces ready for, for students this spring. And because Superintendent Tostani has been so supportive, along with Nicola Hall over at the Bridgeport Nutrition Center, which is continuing to feed, you know, 20,000 kids a day. Um, it, awesome. takes, it takes a village. It's in our name, but it really, it takes a village in Bridgeport to serve and make sure that we're reflecting the needs of our community. And so, sure. And it's great to get the kids involved because if they get involved early, they get it. You know, there's nothing like like seeing a plant pop up and then give you something right and then you can eat it and you know what it looks like and you didn't come wrapped in plastic you know it's, oh gosh, I, it's I love so getting cool. kids involved yeah the, the just to, to one of my favorite feelings is to watch a little one screaming at the sight of a worm at the beginning of our field trip <laughs> and then see that same little one holding a worm and showing their friends and like carefully cradling it and putting mm -hmm. it back in the soil by the end of a field trip and while that seems like a, a silly small thing it shows this kind of interconnectedness to nature to other living beings that really serves all of us when one of us learns sure they'll they'll go move into the future become better human beings i think it's great to build for building empathy with uh the creatures and the people around us i, I think yeah we right. all need that yeah we need more <laughs> we need a lot more of that these days <laughs> so Ellie Engram, why do you do this? Why, why, why do you do all this? It's just what's right. I, I mean, I've, I have such a profound respect for folks who are living in Bridgeport who do not have the immense privilege that I do. Um, I have a car. I'm able to drive to get my groceries. I have access to go to a garden center and get containers to put on my little back porch. I don't have a yard, but I, I can still grow things on my back porch. And I have the, you know, the time and the economic ability to do those things. And that's just not the reality for most folks in Bridgeport. Food injustice is deeply connected to poverty, to the real imbalances in power and um, educational opportunities that have and, and to redlining. It all is because of underinvestment and intentional disinvestment in Bridgeport that's affecting folks who don't look like me. Um, but I think that the reason I do what I do is because not only do I love nature, I've, I've known since I was pretty young that it was an important part of my soul work and my heart work um, and that I enjoy hard work, <laughs> but also that the people around me in Bridgeport are what makes life worth living. I love my community. I love my team at GBI. I love my neighbors. And so being able to realize food justice through our programming, that's what gets me out of bed every day, even on the hard ones. Um, and just feeling this really deep, profound connection to the young people I see growing up through our school gardens and our youth program, and being able to kind of sit in like late afternoon sunlight and laugh with community gardeners and learn recipes for sofrito and for like amazing Laotian lemongrass soup. Like these are memories I'm going to take with me until my last day. And I'm so grateful that I get to do this for work. Um, and so I really hope that other folks will engage in these programs and 
grow with us and, and really feel that heart opening that I think we all need after a year of such intense, intense isolation so that we can heal together as a community. Well, Ellie Engram, Executive Director of the Green Village Initiative, thank you so much for coming on Digging in the Dirt. It's been really uh, a pleasure. Kevin, it, it, the pleasure has been all mine. It has been so nice to talk to you today and dig in to what we're growing at uh, GBI. Absolutely. Take care. Okay. Take care as well. I hope we see you on the farm soon. Yeah, okay, I'll be there. So this is still Digging in the Dirt. I'm Kevin Gallagher, and uh, my guest now after Ellie Engram is the GVI Youth Leadership Program Manager, Rob Peck. Not only is he the manager uh, over there of the Youth Leadership Program for GVI, he's also a fellow programmer here at WPKN. Welcome, Rob. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So before we get into the GVI stuff, so you tell us about your program. What do, you, what do you do and when do you do it here on WPKN? Yeah, so I'm on from, from 2 a.m. to 5 a.m., and that's going to be every fifth Sunday, so roughly about four times a year. And on my show, I, I do a lot of hip-hop, a lot of R&B stuff. I try to tap into some some local music, try to get some local artists on the air and doing a couple freestyles here and there, a couple of interviews. Just try to connect with Connecticut a little bit more, too. Great. Awesome. Well, good Good to get to know you. This is how it is, folks, at WPKN. There's so many people doing programming. And we just, This is how we meet. We've, we, have, <laughs> we have like similar interests in gardening and farming, which brings us to the fact that you're the manager of the GVI Youth Leadership Program. We just had a whole discussion about what GVI is up to. And what's your role as the manager of that youth program? Yeah, so my role with the youth program is uh, I... Um, I look at the previous years of, of the programming, um, breaking down all the information data, and then I also reach out to the, the youth leaders that have gone through the program, and we call them the Food Leader Advisory Group, and we use their information to help advise us on how to move forward with the program. They've been through the program, so they know kind of everything that's going on. They know things that they liked about it, things that they would like to do better, and then we use their information to help advise how we move forward with the program. So you're grabbing youth out of what the schools and then asking them if they want to become part of the GVI program to, to learn about uh, gardening and farming and, and organizing in the community. Exactly. Yeah. So we reach out to all of the schools in Bridgeport, um, any, any organizations that we work closely with that we know can reach out to, uh, to young people. And, you know, we just see who, who's interested in joining our program and we see who's ready to learn about farming and who's trying to, uh, grow themselves as well. I see. And and how many people will you select to, to be part of the program? So it's going to be 12 youth. 12 people. And how many people apply? <laughs> a, a little bit more than 12. Our requirements is that that uh, the, the application is filled out completely. And that um, and then from there, we, we go into our round of interviews and we reach out to the young people to see kind of where their head is at and where they are in terms of they feel like they're a leader, if they feel like they would like to grow their leadership qualities. And then from there, we make our decisions. I get it. And so what kind of qualities are you looking for? Just someone who's ready to learn, someone who's ready to change, you know, their, their regular pace of their summer and get into something new, get into something different and to just be open to learning and open to, you know, a group environment that you're going to grow in. 
So it, it's a lot of these people continue on with GVI afterwards and, and become part of the program, like become uh, leaders at some of the farm that you have? Yes, yes. So exactly what you're saying. Um, the, the goal of the program is to, to have the youth go through the program. And then if they, if they feel strongly about the program to continue with GVI and to, to continue in the program to help leading and to show the new members like what it looks like to go through the program and what it looks like to lead and just to give people to, something to look up to. And so what about yourself? Did you go through the program initially or are you trained elsewhere? I did not. I found farming through my terms of volunteering. <laughs> and uh, then when I came back to Bridgeport, I just, you know, I, I had to find something similar and GVI was, was right there. Um, I was a part of the program in a different capacity. In 2017, I was working as a, a, an AmeriCorps VISTA with the program and helping in, in that capacity. Mm -hmm. I see. So you say you went away and you learned, where, where were you learning uh, and what, what, what were you learning? Yeah, so in 2015, all of 2015, I was traveling all throughout the South and I found urban farming in Tallahassee and that, that kind of stuck with me and it reminded me of Bridgeport, it reminded me of um, a, a lot of places in Connecticut. And so what, what are your hopes for the program and, and what you're going to be doing here in Bridgeport? My hopes for the program is to let this program be a hub for all things youth and all things youth in Bridgeport um, to connect them with other organizations that are doing uh, similar work. And even, even if they're not doing the similar work, just to connect, just to see what other people are doing and how we can learn from them and how they can learn from us as well. Okay. And so if somebody's listening that is like a parent or a teacher and they want to, you know, recommend that a uh, somebody that's young gets involved in this, where, where do they contact you and, and GVI? Yeah, absolutely. You can uh, contact me at youth at gogvi.org. And then uh, the application is actually live on our website now, which is going to be gogvi.org slash youth leadership. And that's where you can find all the information about the program, as well as the application process. Very cool. And so what's the first project after you get your 12 people together? What are you guys going to be doing? So our first project is to, uh, to get everybody trained up in food safety. And then every week, we, we will have two workshops. One's the first workshop is going to be a farming workshop. And then the second workshop of the week is going to be uh, for personal professional development sounds good rob you know we'll have to get together you know we'll probably cross paths at some pkn event i hope in, in the future you know and we'll and we'll keep uh, tabs with you here at digging in the dirt so i appreciate you coming on rob peck who is the manager of the youth leadership program at the green village initiative thanks for coming on rob thanks again for having me no problem at all digging in the dirt digging in the dirt You've been listening to Digging in the Dirt with Kevin Gallagher. To hear past programs anytime you want, visit the podcast section of WPKN.org or diggingindedirtradio.com.